Let's see. This is... Uh, okay. So turn to Genesis chapter 20, if you would, please. And let's get started. I, I have to make a confession here. Now, I've read this chapter numerous times in the past. Uh, I can, all the way back when I was a young Christian, I came to know the Lord at 17 and uh, I did uh, read the Bible through in a year, the first five years. So I've come across this chapter many, many times uh, as a believer. And I, I must admit that in, in the past, not now, but in the past, uh, this chapter gave me problems. Is that you or me? Okay. Okay, this is going to work out just fine. Yeah, I guess, uh, like I said, call me Schlepprock. I just, uh, you know, <laughs> things start to short out as soon as I walk by them. <laughs> I'll try not to be my animated self. I'll just stand here gripping the podium, as it were. <laughs> yeah, okay. Anyhow, uh, but I was quite intimidated when I, when I realized, uh, when it hit me, when they were passing out the chapters and what have you, and it hit me, oh, I'm doing Genesis chapter 20. Oh, no. I thought, well, okay, well, let's see how that works out because, I, uh, like I said, I remember being very confused by this chapter as a young Christian. Um, for many years, I would try to logically figure out what was happening, what had happened. I was looking at this chapter purely from a surface perspective. Where does this... Well, like that? Can we mute it for a second? <laughs> it's only been a year, I think, right? <clears throat> Anyhow, so as I said, we can edit that out later. Provide anyone buys his studies. <laughs> I think they only make three, and I get one for free, so there'll be two available later on. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, so like I said, I was completely missing what this chapter Okay, what is going on? Okay, so I'll just stand straight. All right, like I said, I was completely missing what was going on in this chapter. Now, uh, as I read through it, however, my only thought was, it would seem to me that this chapter would likely be used as evidence uh, uh, by non-believers of how, hip, you know, uh, how Christians are hypocrites. Okay? The idea that Abraham lied and everything else, they would use that against us. But what we, we're going to see is that, uh, sure, they can do that, but what they're not understanding is that this chapter points at them. Right? It is they who are being judged by this chapter. We as believers know we have to deal with sin. Uh, and Abraham does so later on because we know the end of the story. But uh, I, I, that, was my, that was all I would take away from this chapter was that, okay, I'll just be ready if they use this against me. I'll figure something out. Now, a close reading of this chapter, however, reveals that God works in the life of the believer uh, regarding two very important topics, that, of course, of sin and the non-believer. You've got to understand that Abraham's lie, right? Yeah, he lied. Okay? He was deceitful. Out of fear, he lied. But there were consequences upon, Abim upon Abimelech as well. And I think we need to think about that tonight. That we might be thinking, okay, I, I told a half-truth or I told a, a little white lie. The lies are lies, right? And uh, 
Abimelech lost his life as a result of this lie. So just to think about that. Um, so how do we deal with the sin of not trusting God in our lives? Think This is rhetorical. You don't have to answer it. But how many of you have, out of fear, lied? Knowing full well that you've got the backing, right, of the God of the universe behind you. There's no need to fear, no need to lie, no need to come up with any excuses. Tell the truth. You know, I've tried to be that way in, in, in all that I do. And sometimes it's, it comes off as a little... Um, comes off as a little uh, uh, abrasive or arrogant. And I try not to be that way. But uh, in dealing with my students, uh, recently I, I, I had to drop a student from the class. Okay, This individual was not showing me any progress on, on, in, in, their, uh, in, their, in writing their essays. So I wrote them a very polite letter indicating that they would be dropped from the class, good luck next semester, so on and so forth. They wrote back with a venomous and invective tirade about how uh, I was uh, uh, the worst professor they've ever had, and so on and so forth. And I told the truth, right? I told the truth to this child, and that you know they in turn attacked me. But then I had to drop another another student. Wow. Okay. Then I had to drop another student. Okay. So what do we know? What's going on? No, is it, did it do this last week? No, it's just me. Yeah, it's me. Yeah, it's me. Uh, so this next dude, I dropped him, and he accused me of ruining his life. Okay, and I was a bit fearful of writing another uh, email to a student. So what I thought was, uh, maybe I won't drop him. You know, maybe I'll just give him a... But then that would have been unfair to the other students. So out of fear, I was going to lie to myself mostly because the student wouldn't know. We good? Okay, but Owen, can we?
with that second student, I was I was attempting to play it safe. I thought, oh, I don't I don't want to have to deal with that again. And and it, even though the first student was just very rude, the second student was like I said, accused me of ruining his life because and he was missing classes. So you know, and and it, that can make you a little gun shy, especially because. You always worry that something you might say will get back to the English department and then they'll fire you, whatever. And I shouldn't fear. I know that if I don't work at Pasadena, I'll work somewhere else. God is good. So I, too, as I think as many of you also have experienced, have to deal with that, that sin in our life. Now, I would like to stand before you and claim that uh, um, I have uh, never sinned but or never lied but obviously if i did so i'd well i'd be lying right okay so we look at abraham and sarah and they had to deal with the sin of not trusting god so what about you this evening where are you at in your walk with the lord and are you sincerely trusting him that's what i want to communicate to you this evening that we can so very easily allow things like fear or what have you uh so control us that we miss out on the blessings of god okay god wants to bless us right we have his backing but the only way he can bless us is if we completely trust in him but alas we are human but uh, let's take a look at what the scriptures teach us about this particular issue so i have my glasses on so this should go smoothly all right here we go chapter 20 of genesis it says and abraham journeyed uh, from there to the south and dwelt between Kadesh and Shur and stayed in Gerar. Now Abraham said of Sarah, his wife, she is my sister. And Abimelech, king of Gerar, uh, uh, sent and took Sarah. Uh, this was the custom of kings. If they saw somebody they really liked, they could just take them. So at this time, this was very common. But God came to Abimelech. God himself intervenes here. God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Indeed, imagine this, indeed you are a dead man. <clears throat> I can't even begin to know, figure how that must sound. You know, was it deep? Right? Was it just mellow? Abimelech, you're a dead man. I have no idea, but it's scary, right? But indeed, you are a dead man because the woman uh, whom you have taken, uh, for she is another, she is a man's wife. But Abimelech had uh, had not come to her, and he said, "Lord, will you slay a righteous nation also? Uh, did he not say to me, she is my sister?'" And she, and even herself, said, he is my brother. So they're conspiring together here, right? Both of them. Uh, in, the, in the integrity of my heart and innocence of my hands, I have, uh, I have done this. And God said to him in a dream, yes, I know uh, that, you did, that you did this in, this in the integrity of your heart. For I also withheld from you, uh, I also withheld you from sinning against me. Therefore, I did not let you touch her. Now, therefore, restore the man's wife, for he is a prophet, and he will pray for you, and you shall uh, live. And I always, that, that always confused me. Wait, wait, wait. Abraham lied, and he's going to pray for Abimelech? Because Abimelech unknowingly was going to sleep with his wife, and it always confused me. But I, I understand it now. Right? It says, uh, but if you do not restore her, know that you will surely die, 
you and all who are yours. So Abimelech rose early in the morning, called all of his servants and uh, told uh, all these things in their hearing. And the men were very much afraid. And Abimelech called Abraham and said to him, what have you done to us? How have I offended you that you have brought to brought on to me and my kingdom a great sin? You have not, uh, <clears throat> you have done deeds to me that, uh, ought not to be ought not to be done, and this is a very powerful verse right here, because he's telling Abraham, right, the the patriarch, he's saying, "You have done deeds to me that ought not to be done. You, Mister Man of God, have done this to me." Right? <clears throat> then Abimelech said to Abraham, uh, "What did you have in view that you have uh, done this thing?" And Abraham said, because I thought surely the fear of God is not in this place and they will kill me on account of my wife. There's his sin, right? He lied. He was afraid. So uh, she, uh, she uh, but indeed, she truly is my sister, right? And then he tries to justify what he did. She is the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother. And she, uh, she became my wife. Well, they were headed down south, so I suspect that that's never mind. <clears throat> yes. <clears throat> Sorry for all you Southerners. Oh, that was a bad joke. <laughs> Anyhow, <clears throat> now we get it. Okay. <laughs> and it came to pass when God caused me to wander from my father's house that I said to her, uh, <clears throat> this is your kindness that you should do for me in every place, wherever we go, in every place, right? Wherever we go, say of me, he is my brother. This is going to be a continuing action. Right or was anyhow? This this will this will be our story. We'll tell the same lie over and over. We'll commit the same sin over and over and over. You see what we're getting at here? It makes so much sense now. Maybe it, you know, I'm almost fifty. Maybe it makes sense now than when I was eighteen. But uh, I, I see now the 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 problem here. And when it came to ca- uh, pass. When God caused me to want, oh, I read that, sorry. And he says, then Abimelech took uh, sheep, uh, oxen, and uh, male and female servants and gave them to Abraham. And he uh, restored Sarah, his wife, to him. And Abimelech said, see, my, uh, my hand is before, my land is before you. <clears throat> Dwell where it pleases you. Then to Sarah, he said, behold, I have given your brother a thousand pieces of silver. Indeed, uh, this vindicates you before all who are with you and, uh, and before everybody. Thus, uh, she was rebuked. So Abraham prayed to God and God healed Abimelech and his wife <clears throat> and his female servants. Uh, then, they, then they bore children. So one of the consequences of, of, of Abraham's, uh, rather Abimelech's actions were, would be, were, was the cessation of any live births at that time while Abraham was there. And again, this is directly caused through Abraham, right? And his sin. And it, the consequences were upon Abimelech as well. Now, it says, For the Lord had closed up all the wombs of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. Now, it's interesting that he says, Then he said to Sarah, uh, And then to Sarah he said, Behold, I have given your brother. He said, he said your brother. But the scriptures, as we see at the end, says, they did this because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. And I've always, that, that always struck me as very interesting. Uh, so, <clears throat> like I said, uh, previously an intimidating chapter, but now, wow, I, I had to trim this Bible study because I had so much to say on it. 
and there was so so much good stuff. But here's the bottom line. As I said, I remember thinking as I began this chapter that Abraham lied. He lied, right? <clears throat> and he this isn't the first time he did it, right? Right? We've been going through Genesis. Uh, he did it. He lied to Pharaoh as well. Okay? And what did he say? We'll do this everywhere we go. <clears throat> Are you carrying sin? Are you carrying the same sin over and over? Uh, you have to deal with it. You have to ask yourself that. Uh, he had told Pharaoh that Sarah was his sister too. And now he tells Abimelech. So like I said, in my young Christian mind, when I was a young boy serving the Lord, uh, <clears throat> I knew, even before I was a Christian, when I was a lapsed Catholic, I knew that lying was a sin. Wasn't it? Yeah, it is. Right? Okay, I just want to make sure. Okay. <laughs> Right. So I, I, I'm thinking, okay. Now, you can see my predicament as a young believer. Um, it wasn't, again, like I said, until much later in my walk that I learned that, uh, and this is the interesting thing, is that it further confused me was the fact that, I guess, Sarah was close to 90 years old or something like that, or in her 90s. And I was thinking, wait a second, I've never, I know, it's going to sound ageist and all that other stuff, but... It's very rare to see a beautiful 90-year-old person. Okay, right? I mean, and I thought, really? How old is Abimelech? You know, if he was a young guy, then, man, I don't know what's going on. I was completely confused. But the bottom line, I would just walk away with, you know what? Abraham lied. Shame on him. He lied. That, that, that's all I know what's going on. I don't know what else is going on here, but I know he lied. Now, as a result, I was even more confused, right? And also, obviously, being disrespectful of the elderly. Okay. <clears throat> I've changed since then. Because I'm almost elderly. I'm going to be 50 in June. So I'm headed that way. Yeah. yeah. What's that? Old man, look at my way. There you go. See? It all goes back to Neil. Anyhow. <clears throat> uh, so, but the problem with, with me understanding this chapter as a young person as opposed to now is that I was allowing too many of the details, right? Uh, the minor details to get in the way of the larger uh, issues and then the larger lesson that was going to be taught to me by this chapter. Now, what we need to do, we need to understand is that Abraham did indeed act in a selfish manner. And some would say he was cowardly. So however you want to describe Abraham, go ahead. But yeah, he, he, he was afraid and he lied. So there's, there's the major issue that we need to deal with. Now, <clears throat> the bottom line, however, is that he wasn't trusting the Lord. So if you're not trusting the Lord, it opens the door to sin, obviously. And whether that sin is lying or anything else, uh, you, we need to be aware of that. We need, to, we need to acknowledge it and deal with it. When we don't trust in the Lord, it leads to sin, and there's no getting around that fact. I have a friend, and I love this person very much. They used to serve the Lord, and... Uh, for a while, I, 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 uh, I cut him off, and I didn't want to deal with him. But then the Lord put it on my heart to restore our friendship to some degree, right? We have a common interest that we share, but this individual used to be married and um, was successful as you measure success in the world, right? A home and all that. And now it's all gone away, right? And he lives alone in a much smaller place. And the problem is that 
uh, on social media. He he is often taking a picture of himself drinking or at various clubs, right, uh, and all of that. And um, it bothers me because then he writes things like, oh, uh, I got in a car accident, but I know, I know deep in my heart that uh, the Lord's going to bless me. And I'm like, no, he isn't. He's not. You are not serving him, friend. You know? And uh, for, we keep trying to get together, and it hasn't happened yet, but pray for me because my first inclination is to just yell at him. Okay? I, I want to just get on his case. I'm not a perfect man by any stretch. Look at my hair, right? Obviously. <laughs> but what I'm getting at is, you know what? I, I'm serving the Lord as as best I can as a believer and this guy used to and it's really bugging me that he's not and I just want to lay into him and I don't know how to deal with it so pray for me that I make the right decision and if it's God's will that I lay into him I'm going to okay because I'm a yeller I, I've yelled at students you know this is you know it's that boldness in Christ I can just let him have it right but anyway so as I was thinking about Abraham and not dealing with sin it reminded me of this this very close friend uh, but part of the problem, my friends, is that we should be digging deeper into God's word. Okay, uh, I don't know how you spend your reading time, but you should be reading. And how, and you know, it's it's not to say that oh, you have to read the Bible through in a year at some point. But it would be a good thing to read it through at least once, right? If you haven't done so already. Another thing is, uh, what is your reading time like? Is it rushed, right? Is it at the very end of the night where you're reading and you fall asleep with your Bible on your chest? And, oh, that looks pretty righteous. But you just fell asleep reading God's word. You didn't give it the time it deserves, right? So make sure you are reading God's word. Um, because think about it this way. A lot of what we read in the world, whatever we're reading, articles or magazines or what have you, for the most part, we forget whatever we're reading almost as soon as we read it. Right? There's no relevance to it later on. So we just read something, it becomes knowledge in our head, and then we ought to pr- probably forget most of it. Um, <clears throat> but that's not so with Scripture, my friends. We carry Scripture with us daily. Right? It's always there. The Word of God is real, it's alive, and it's with you, young my fr- I say young people, I think I'm in class. It's with you, my friends, <laughs> and the young people here as well. Uh, the Word of God, again, is really active. We need an understanding of it in order to survive in this world. So part of the problem is that if you're not getting into God's Word, you're not reading it, you're not understanding what God has for you with regard to Scripture, then you are going to make yourself vulnerable. Okay? You will be vulnerable to the attacks of the enemy. You will falter. When the time comes to trust the Lord, like Abraham, you will falter. Okay? Because your, your eyes are not on the Lord. Now, knowing all this, right, we can therefore uh, 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 make the conclusion that this isn't a redundant throwaway chapter. Okay, Abraham lied again. He shouldn't be lying. No, there's something much more here. So we can really understand, if, if we read this chapter carefully, and hopefully at the end of the evening, we'll understand that there are valuable lessons in this chapter to help us in our walk with the Lord. Okay? That's the whole point of this particular chapter. God doesn't, like my students, they, they write paragraphs that, just to fill out the paper, and, they're, and I cross them all out. You know, there's nothing you can cross out in God's Word. Okay? It's all relevant. So this chapter is not a chapter you can skip over. Uh, but here's what I've always 
loved about reading scriptures. And one of the coolest aspects of the Bible is that it doesn't cover up the ugly side of human nature, right? Of man. Um, people in the Bible are presented to the reader with warts and all. Okay? Right? We don't have a book full of perfect people doing the right thing every single day. Now, we have men committing adultery, <laughs> right? We have men who have lied, men who are fearful when God is with them. Uh, the non-believer sees that and uses it as ammunition against Christians. But again, what they don't realize is that until they come to Jesus, um, is that the scriptures are a commentary on them. Right? And we learn to deal with different types of people through the scripture. Now, consider others in the Bible who fell short in their walk with the Lord. Noah. How embarrassing. Right? Ends up naked and drunk. Right? Then we've got Moses. Anger was his issue. Right? And then we've got David. Oh, David. Man after God's own heart and other people's wives. Okay, we've got to watch that. So he committed to Peter. Peter, fear, right? Oh, no, 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 I'm not with him. So we have all these examples to help us as believers avoid that sort of situation. Okay? Now, here's what you need to do. Don't get confused and think that you can commit a sin at any time and then ask God to forgive you. And then you sin again. That was the issue here is that uh, Abraham and Sarah were not dealing with their sin. They simply were not. Some of us have sin in our life that we have to deal with. I have sin in my life that I have to deal with. Uh, And uh, unless I continue to ask God for the assistance to deal with that sin, it's going to be a bigger problem that could take me away, lead me away from my walk with the Lord. And I don't want that. I do not want that. You know, I don't want to be an old man who turned his back on God. You know, I want the, however many years I have left, to be a continual service to God. Um, so these examples of, that I just told you of uh, Peter and Noah and so forth, they're intended to, to as a cautionary tale, as a warning uh, against allowing sin to overcome us. Uh, let me give you a scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 affirms this truth regarding Old Testament examples. We often, uh, Pastor Xavier often reads from this when we're having communion, but it, it, it's, it's, it's very effective in all aspects, obviously. But it, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 5 through 13 reads, But with most of them, God was not well pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now, <clears throat> sorry. Now these things became our examples. Uh, these things became our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things they also, as they also lusted and not become idolaters as were some of them. As it is written, written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play, nor let us commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And one day, 20, uh, 23,000 fell, nor let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted uh, and were destroyed by serpents, nor complained as some of them complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now, all these things happened to them as examples and they were written for our admonition, eh, our warning, upon whom uh, ends 
upon whom the end of the end of the ages have come. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. And I included the final scripture because it's important. And here's why we need to trust the Lord and not give in to temptation, because no temptation has overtaken you except that <clears throat> which is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Trials will come into our lives, but if we're experiencing any sort of difficulty in our lives as a result of our failure to walk with God, then that way of escape isn't going to be there, right? Until we repent. Otherwise, we we all experience trials, right? Uh, I was in a car accident on campus almost a year ago. And uh, the, the young man who I collided with uh, it has his attorney involved. And they're tying up my payment for my car, for my bumper. So I'm going to take them to court this weekend, right? I used to be of the opinion, honestly, way, way back, that <clears throat> if I was a Christian and I'm... I'm likely not going to get into a car accident because God's going to protect me. And I, I did have that mentality for a little while. Right? And I realized, and, you know, these trials, whatever they are, you know, God will give us a way of escape. Never give us anything we can't handle. Okay? When we take our eyes off, and then certainly even this, the smallest of trials are something we can't handle. So the, the, the lesson is here regarding Abraham is to keep our eyes on God. Now, don't forget, we do sin as believers. We sin. Okay? We blow it every day. We all desire not to, but it does happen. So the question is, why is it happening? Okay? What is the frequency of the sin in my life? I try my best not to sin. Okay? But in my line of work, <laughs> you get angry very quickly. Okay? As students are treacherous sometimes. They will do everything in their power to do the least amount of work for the highest grade. Okay? And I have to deal with it. I get very angry with them about that. One thing they don't do, however, is use their phone in class because I throw them out immediately if I catch them. So there's that sort of but, but for the most part, I get very angry. And again, I'm sitting down, I'm grading their papers, and I get angry because the writing is lousy. So I'm like, what? And I have to catch myself. Going, okay, let's stop grading papers and take a walk around the block or something, right? But that's one of my biggest issues is just getting angry over little things. And even though, oh, but, you know, it's kind of righteous anger. You want them to become better writers? No. Anger is a sin. Hey, okay? I shouldn't be angry. Okay? I should not be but Pray for me, you know, as I would pray for you guys. Now, in Abraham's case, you know, his was fear. He let fear grip, right, get a hold of him, and as a result, he lied. Now, I try to put a modern spin on this. It probably won't work, but I'm not particularly fond of this type of um, literary trope. But uh, zombies are popular these days, right? Everybody's into zombies and all that stuff. I don't like zombies. Anyhow, I, I look at the old man... Right? As, as something of a zombie, right? Our old self, given the opportunity to rise from the dead, if we allow it to, we'll do so. Okay? I don't want the old Andy uh, rearing its ugly head. Okay? I don't. Uh, I came to Christ at 17. Right? I was a boy. 
And um, it took me a good maybe five to eight years to get it right, so to speak. Okay, I still struggle with a lot of things. I was still a musician at the time and all that stuff. And, you know, it took me a while to to get in the groove, as it were. Some, for some of you, it may have been quicker. Okay, immediately, the Lord turned it around for you and you were there. Uh, it took me a little while. Um, but the old man would always raise his head in those early days. And I'd, I'd be bummed out that I'd blown it again. Uh, not so today. I mean, I, I really do work hard. I don't want that old angry you know, boy to show up anymore who was you know always uh, fussing and complaining i was a whiner when i was younger and I, and I don't want to be that way anymore but the old man should be reckoned dead as it tells us in romans six eleven. likewise you also uh reckon yourselves to be dead and in, uh, indeed to sin but alive to god in christ jesus our lord and that's hard isn't it it's hard gentlemen but we have to we have to make an effort not to sin. Okay? And the only way we're going to even succeed in that area or make any sort of progress is by getting into God's word, being a light and a witness, right? praying, and attending Bible studies. You know, pray for me. I never thought in a million years. I was a slacker when I was a teenager. I really was. I mean, I didn't even graduate high school. Okay, That's, that's, that's the irony, is that I didn't graduate with my class, and I, I flunked an English class by 20 points. And I remember going to the teachers, and I was a Christian at the time, going to the teachers saying, come on, man, it's, it's only 20 points. He said, no, no, Andrew, let this be a lesson. So I didn't graduate on stage. I had to take summer classes, and then I did graduate. But I, I grew up to realize and understand the importance of my walk with God. See, I was expecting that God was going to save me. You know, that through my sin of sloth and just being lazy, whenever, that that, you know, that teacher was going to say, oh, sure, Andrew. That God was going to compel him to give me those 20 points. And when he didn't, I was like, wait a second. You know, something's going on here. But it was a sin in my life. I wasn't dealing with it. Okay? I was lazy. Now, Abraham sinned. And Abraham was in enemy territory, as we've seen here, right? He was in Gerar. That's skirts Philistine territory there. And we know who the Philistines are. Let me ask you this. Are you skirting enemy territory? Huh? Think about that. Right? Now, in literature, the South is always equated with darkness and despair. Every time... Uh, a literary figure or character ventures south, there's always danger. Okay, so south in literature is always indicative of danger. Um, I want to know, I mean, ask yourself, have you ventured into the enemy's t neighborhood assuming that you can resist the temptation of sin while you're there? Let me give you an example. And I found this to be true because I, sometimes I see it. Uh, my dad was like this, but my dad kind of struggled with his walk for a long time but I, other Christians well some believers can't get Las Vegas out of their system eh? yeah oh I don't drink I just go and you know play a play a few cards and what have you it's a little you know get, get away and then you know, if I don't win I don't win but if I win praise the Lord I tithe what I win <laughs> awesome <laughs> that's good should be tithing but my dad was always like, you know, this is the only happiness I have. <laughs> I guess his marriage is miserable to, to uh, Blanca, the woman he married after my mom. Like, okay, but 
I would always tell him, just don't go. You shouldn't be there. I don't care if you're not drinking. And maybe I shouldn't have done it, but uh, he had children from the other, from, from Blanca, his wife. And uh, his son, Chris, the, uh, the only other son, I, he had me and then Chris. Chris goes up there and, and my father's eulogy and just goes on and on about Vegas and how much fun they had. Revealed that my dad was actually drinking while he was there. And he goes, I, I, and then laughing. And I had to carry Bob back to the hotel. I thought, you know what? I wasn't going to mention Vegas when I get up there. But I did. And I don't know if you can rebuke somebody from the dead. But uh, yeah, I was angry. I shouldn't have been at my father's eulogy, right? But I just said, I don't think it's proper to remember such things about someone who is supposed to have been serving the Lord. I love my dad and so on and so forth. But um, again, I, we can't allow ourselves, getting back to the original point, to enter into the enemy's territory. Whatever that is for you. Some of you may have had issues with alcohol. Okay? You can't go back to a bar just to visit your friends. Okay? See what I'm saying? You can't do that. Uh, so whatever it is, stay away from the enemy's territory. All right? and, but do know that if you are in the enemy's territory, wherever it might be, you have the Lord. There is no reason for you to falter. Now, uh, so as a result of entering into Gerar, uh, Abraham encounters trouble. Now, dealing with Abimelech in uh, verses 3 through 11. Abimelech was furious with Abraham with good reason. Right? For putting him in a position that could have led to his death. Abraham was fearful as he traveled through Gerar, so he sinned at the first sign of trouble. Um, Listen to me, my friends. You cannot fear man while at the same time serving God. It doesn't work that way. You cannot fear man. Now, Abraham stopped trusting God, and in his fear he lied yet again, right? About Sarah, uh, about who Sarah really was. Now, we need to be careful about the sins we harbor. Okay? The sins we hold on to. Sins we mistakenly believe we can return to and confess with minimal consequences. It's just this or it's just that. Right? Uh, my friends, there will be consequences for our sins. Now, when we confess our sins, we should be broken hearted. Right? When we ask God for forgiveness. Now, I don't mean the rending of garments and sackcloth and ashes, okay? I mean, if we did that tonight, most of you would walk out of here shirtless and uh, we'd have a bill for, you know, throwing ashes on the carpet, okay? But in your private time with the Lord, do you ever get on your knees? Well, I have arthritis. Let me give you, let me tell you a story. My mom, okay, Millie. She, uh, I took care of her. Once Virgie was married, she spent the rest of her years with me, except for the last one. But uh, I would get up on days when I didn't have to go to work early in the morning. And that woman with severe arthritis, okay, I'd walk by her room, was on her knees, praying and crying. And I'm thinking, why are you crying, Mom? You spend your whole, your whole day in the house, right? What's the worst thing you committed? That, I don't know, you've, Forgot to cook dinner? I don't know, right? I'm being facetious, but the problem, the deal was, mom knew she was a sinner. Never forgot that. Always asking the Lord. So, an effective way of dealing with our sin, my friends, is through prayer. 
admitting them. Now, you may not admit to someone here or even your closest friend what's going on, but hey, he already knows. Just let it, just let it out. Okay? And that's what Abraham had failed to do. He didn't deal with his sin. Now, we, deal with our, we should deal with our sins with extreme prejudice. Uh, let me put it to you this way. Uh, and again, referring to, to Abraham and what he did. Uh, we must hate our sins. Okay? We've got to hate them. We've got to hate the sin in our lives. Um, we have to loathe the fact that we committed them. We have to hate the memory of them. How many of you think about this? That last one. Do you have memories of your sin? And do you look back on it fondly or jokingly, flippantly? You know, I've, I've been in the Lord uh, 30 years, but <laughs> when I was a teenager, <laughs> no, you shouldn't be thinking about them in any sort of, you know, nostalgic or melancholy way. Those were times where you were sentenced to death. But now you are alive in Christ. So dealing with sin is, 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 is all areas. The present moving forward in Christ, but also hating where we've been, right? The sin that we committed prior to knowing Christ, the sins we've committed as a believer, right? Whatever they may be, we have to be at war with sin, right? And the strength we have to fight that battle is in Christ. Now, here's the interesting thing, is that compared to Abimelech, Abraham looks like a pretty shady character here. And I always thought, you know, what's the deal, right? Uh, But think about your character among non-believers. Think about that. Uh, But let's be fair to old Abraham, okay? Remember, he only told a half-truth. Come on, guys. Go easy on him, right? Sarah was his half-sister. No, it was a lie. Plain and simple. He lied. Okay. We, it's funny how we categorize lies, right? Well, if I just say, yeah. And I don't know about you guys. I've never been in a position, but I remember when I worked at a law firm, many, many times, uh, the secretary was told, tell him by the lawyer, I'll tell him I'm not here. <laughs> and I always wondered, because I knew none of the secretaries were Christians, but how does a Christian secretary deal with that? You know? What's that? Yeah, yeah, and that's what I figured. You just got to do it, right? You know, you know you're alive, and again, that's when you're. That's when God covers you, right? Okay, Lord, I don't want to lose my job, right? But what if I'm thinking? What if the secretary said, "Well, I can't lie," and well, they're going to be gone, right? So it's one of those quandaries. And like I said, I've never had to do that. Never had to lie like that. But boy, oh boy, I. Uh, every so often, as I remember, I pray for people who are in that situation. That's a tough one to deal with. Uh, but when we consciously, however, are deal- uh, not dealing with our sin, then we're in trouble. So, um, so Abraham and Sarah conspired and lied in Egypt, and now they have conspired to do it again in Gerar. And Abraham and Sarah are not dealing with their sin. So what happens is that Abraham's testimony, my friends, is discredited. Okay. Abimelech, however, is effectively sentenced to death, not only for what we might have done with Sarah, but because, here's the thing, he's a non-believer, right? Yes, God said, you touch her, you die, 
But the thing is that he was going to die anyway without God. Here is an opportunity for Abraham to be a light, to be a witness. And he dropped the ball. All right. Now, whether it's the homeless guy on the street who smells badly or a guy in a suit, we're to be witnesses. Okay? We're to be witnesses, my friends. And like, I think I'm like anybody else. I don't want to deal with smelly people. But you know what? They need Jesus. And I've got to get over myself. Be out there and, and, and wherever I'm at. Um, so Abimelech was not saved, right? And was already doomed even before he met Abraham and Sarah. Uh, this by no means diminishes Abraham's sin and failure. Instead, it highlights an important issue uh, that God chastened Abraham. Right? And Abimelech was condemned. The believer was chastened. Told him, hey. Right? But the non believer remained condemned. We deal with the world. We're out there in the world. Okay? So my colleagues at Cal State LA in Pasadena, they don't want to hear about Jesus. So I show them Jesus through my disposition. I am joyful all the time. And when they do ask, you know, why, why are you always so happy, Andrew? Oh, it's Jesus. And they're like, oh, okay. And they walk away. They don't want to know about it, right? But, you let, but I let them know. And believe it or not, in doing so, I've been able to find favor. And that is totally the Lord. I mean, again, uh, I'm effectively in the enemy's camp, right? In the English department, because there are no other believers. But I prospered. God has blessed me there. Man, that's awesome. Right? Not through me. I know he's taking care of me. Um, so basically... What we want to voice, we don't want to do what Abraham did, right? Because eventually sin leads to suffering, right? Like I told you, my friend's always moaning and complaining about how things are going and this, that, and the other. And all he has to do is look in the mirror and realize, you know what? I'm causing all of this. And uh, I hope I can tell him that when I do finally meet with him, again, without yelling at him. But I'm very upset that he's walked away and lost his family that way. Anyhow, think about it this way, friends. Um, so how are we going to effectively share God's word if we're blowing our witness? Okay? We have to remember that. You see, Abraham was caught in this lie, right? By God himself. <laughs> Abimelech's like, what are you doing? Okay? God busted Abraham in this case, right? Um and Abraham's character took a hit. You see, the deal is that through salvation and trials, my friends, we become more like Christ. And we must never lose sight of that. Through our salvation and trials. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Right? We know the scripture. Count it all joy. Boy, is that hard? Yeah. It's absolutely one of the most difficult things we have to do. But we know that we've got the Lord to get us through it. Now... Like I said before, I need to be constantly reminded of this because my students drive me crazy. They just do, right? I have some good students. I have some Christian students. But for the most part, they're all crazy. They drive me crazy. Yeah. Anyhow, um, so and so to do that, however, uh, it takes faith and trust in the Lord. And this is where Abraham fell short. Uh, so I ask you this, what about you? Uh, again, how are you dealing with the sin in your life? Hopefully this is a a wake-up call of sorts. Now, Abraham's witness, not only did his um, uh, 
um, his character take a hit, but his witness also was diminished. Okay, um, he was called out by a non-believer. That's embarrassing. If the non-believer is calling you out, man, something's wrong. Okay, we should be blameless before them. Absolutely. But here is Abimelech calling out Abraham. Okay? And now, most of the time, when a non-believer calls us out, it's unfounded. At least it better be, right? But if we're blowing our witness and they have a, a legitimate reason, then we're in trouble. And go back to verse 9, right? In Abimelech's case, however, it was justified. And, and as it says again in, in verse 9, this is wild. He says... Um, how have I offended you that you have brought on me and my kingdom a great sin? You have done deeds to me that ought not to be done. Wow. That blew my mind. I finally got, that's when they, that was my epiphany. I thought, okay, I finally get this. I see what's going on here. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing for Abraham, right? This man of God. So here's my advice uh, through scripture is to be wise in your dealing with the non-believer. Okay? This is one of the lessons we must heed from this chapter. Be wise in your dealings with non-believers. Okay? Oh, it would be great if I just worked among Christians. I lived with Christians for a little while. Okay? And I wound up in a shouting match with my brother in the Lord before it all went bad and I left. Okay? So just being around Christians is going to make everything better. Okay? But then I wasn't dealing with the sin in my life at that time. I was almost homeless at that time. And he let me in. And then things went awry because I was you know, not dealing with the sin. But uh, be careful how you deal with non-believers, my friends. Be wise. Now, a larger consequence of our refusal to deal with the sin in our life uh, may be a blown witness and somebody going to hell. People are going to hell every single day, my friends. And unless we are, we can't save everyone. We we don't save them, but we witness to whom we can witness to, right? So let's be on the ball. Let's be out there witnessing, making sure that we're at least planting seeds. Letting people know about Jesus and hopefully they'll respond, right? We tell them and then God takes care of it after that. But if we're not doing it at all, right? We're carrying on and they see us and all of a sudden they go, well, really, you're a Christian? Wow. Again, we're not dealing with the sin in our lives and someone's going to go to hell as a result, right? And we don't want that. So, yes, the non-believers condemned before they met us. But we have the opportunity to present them with the glorious light of the gospel, my friends. And that should sober you up. That should make you go, wow, I, didn't, you know, I, I need to be more conscious of the non-believer. And I try to be with my students, with my colleagues, wherever I'm at on campus, right? Because that's the world I travel in is on campus. So, during his stay in Gerar, Abraham's ministry also took a hit. He was not a blessing to Abimelech. Okay? He could have been a real blessing to Abimelech, but he wasn't. All right? In fact, no babies were born in Gerar while Abraham was there. Okay? There are larger more expansive consequences to your sins, my friends. It's not just, oh, I blew it. I blew it, me. No, without you knowing, unless you're aware of it, the larger consequences of your sin could affect 
a number of people. Be aware of that. So let's work to live a life that is righteous. Not willingly sin, not consciously sin. We blow it, we blow it, but make it certain that if we're sinning, that it's not going to hurt other people. We have to be careful with that. God moved to prevent Abraham from losing not only Sarah, right, but Isaac as well. And more importantly, God's plan of salvation was threatened by Abraham's actions. Think about the larger consequences. Oh, it's just a little white lie. No one will get hurt. I do it all the time. As far as I know, no one's ever been hurt. We can't be flippant when dealing with sin, my friends. We simply cannot. Abraham tempted God. What about you? Are you tempting God? If you do and you get caught, there will be consequences. God won't deal with it uh, in a... In a in a uh, uh, lenient fashion, okay? The wages of sin is death. We know that. I mean, again, we, we have constant reminders in Scripture of the dangers of sin, right? But again, like I said, we're not perfect, but let's deal with our sin. Let's work hard to be righteous, to be good men, good fathers, good sons, right? Good cousins, good uncles, whatever it is. Good students, wherever you're at, good employees, Right? Strive to live righteously. And remember that um, as believers, we can be forgiven and restored. Okay? So if we do blow it, we can come to the Lord and ask for forgiveness. But don't let it be a lifestyle. I want you and I want all of you to live a life of blessings. So what you need to do is, again, deal with your sins with extreme prejudice. Judge them. Judge those sins. Deal with them. And heed the words of Paul. And we'll, we'll end with this. He says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 28 through 32, But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But then, but when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord, that we may not be condemned with the world. Abimelech was condemned before he met Abraham, right? And Abraham had a chance to change that by being a light to that man. But he blew it with his witness. Now we don't. I, I don't. I, I don't know what happened to Abimelech after that, but uh, be careful with your dealings with the world. Okay, people are dying, and we need to. Yes, sir. Uh, Abraham was told by God to pray for us. Yes, he was. We can assume that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But you're right. And that, again, that's one of those puzzling issues in the in that. Okay, he's still going to use Abraham, right? But Abraham again was chastened. Now, very quickly, uh, like I said, do not jeopardize your fellowship with God by not dealing with the sin in your life, gentlemen. Uh, seek the Lord for wisdom and, do, uh, and, and you know, deal with the sin. Also, Abraham and Gerar taught us a tremendous lesson. And I, I can tell you with, with great joy that I'm no longer confused by this chapter. 
I understand exactly what's going on here now. Uh, so let me ask you some. Are you guys, are some of you looking for a new beginning? Right? Tired of, of, of dealing with the same old uh, problems in your life? Here's the deal. Deal with your sins. Confess them to the Lord. Judge them. Reject them. Right? And know, my friends, that you are forgiven. Okay? Don't go back. Don't return to that vomit like a dog often does. Right? God bless you guys. Let's pray. All right. Father, we come to you once more in Jesus' name, and we thank you, Lord, for your mercy and grace. Thank you for these wonderful gentlemen, Lord God, who are so faithful, Lord, to you to be here every Tuesday, dear God. I want to lift them up. If any among you uh, here, Father God, uh, are struggling in their walk, Father God, that you would just uh, heal their hearts this, this evening, Lord God, that they would just confess to you their sins and, 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 res- and restore them, Lord God. And those who are strong in serving you, Lord God, continue to give them the strength to be that light and that witness, Father. Cover us, Lord God. Help us to, to take care of our families, our friends, our neighbors, whomever it is uh, that you have under us, Father God. And of course, help us, Lord God, to reach the non-believer, Lord God, that no one would be left behind, Lord, but that all would come to know you, dear Father. And so I thank you for these men, strengthen them, be with them, and we give you the glory of this evening, Father. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Amen.